Father, we thank you for this day, this time of celebration of the resurrection of your dear son. And we thank you, God, for an opportunity to bless your name as we have prayed, as we have come together singing and lifting up your mighty name. And Father, as we have worshipped you in giving, now it has come time for us to look into your word. We ask that it will fall upon the good soil of our hearts and that we will grow thereby. We thank you and we honor you for it all. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, um, we did not do it, but some folks actually got together at uh, 6.30 this morning and watched the sun come up and um, had their resurrection service. I know a couple of my pastor friends are, had, had an early morning service. They didn't go to 6.30, but they had an early morning service. But anyway, everybody takes this point, this time of the year, this particular time. It seems like everything goes into this slow motion whereby everyone stops to celebrate Jesus and the accomplishment of his mission in the earth. The, the significant thing that I, I really want us to understand today is that what today symbolizes is the fact that Jesus was obedient. And if you remember, that was one of our real reference. Our real reference was that be obedient. And that's what Jesus did. Jesus was obedient even until death on the cross. And so in the, in the midst of this situation, though, it is that Jesus' resurrection means that death doesn't have the final say. And because Jesus was raised to life, we, in like manner, will also be raised to life. And we that are believers and trust that the word of God is true, we know that death doesn't have the final word. Because the resurrection means that Jesus defeated death, and that additionally guarantees our resurrection. Now, the significant thing about this, I, I want to make a note that Jesus was not the first person resurrected. But Jesus was the only person that resurrected and didn't die again. That is the difference. If you look throughout the Bible, you can see where there have been people that had died and been prayed for and they got up, but Jesus was the only one who death could not hold him down. Death lost his ability to pull him back. Death could not handle Jesus. So as we jump into this today, I'm not going to go through the whole Holy Week um, situation. I want to point out a couple of things, but my significant thing I want to leave with you today is that Jesus 
got up. And the fact that he got up means that we are set up for success over death, hell, and the grave. Let's talk about our definitions. Our first definition today is resurrection. Resurrection means arising again, chiefly the revival of the dead of the human race or their return from the grave, and particularly at the general judgments. What is life? Life is a manner of living or a conduct, how we conduct ourselves. And our uh, life forevermore is our, is our theme. And this word forevermore, when I saw it, I just had to use it because it ain't the word that's used pretty often. So I had to figure out a way to get us in there. But forevermore is a, is a, is a compound of two words. Forever, meaning for a limitless time. And beyond a limitless time, you, since you want to go by that, by, beyond that, you add more, which is additional. So it's more or additional unlimited time. That means forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. It's like when the, on the commercial I saw when a young man was telling his mother that I need to take some cookies to school tomorrow. And she said, do you mean tomorrow, tomorrow? And so when we want to emphasize, we usually add or compound words in order to get a better understanding of what it is. So what we're talking about is that you now have life, not just life forever, but you have life forever, forever, forever. So let's talk about 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, which is a chapter that a lot of people are probably preaching out of today, but we're not going to go to the usual spot up, up in the 50th verses. We're going to look down here in the 20th verses, which builds up to where a lot of folks are today. But it says, 1 Corinthians 15, 20 through 28. You know, I changed my notes now. I, I just realized... Go ahead and go with, with, with my notes, uh, Adrian. I'll just read off it. 15 and 12, it says, Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. 
For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the first fruit, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end, when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be, to be destroyed is death. For God has put all things in subjection under his feet. But when it says all things are put in subjection, it is plain that he is accepted who put all things in subjection under him. When all things are subjected to him, then the Son himself will also be subjected to him who put all things in subjection under him, that God may be all in all. We'll get to this in a moment. Was that it? Okay. We get so excited about, we get so excited about Jesus having the victory. But there are people that have decided that Jesus is just as dead as everybody else that is dead. And the, the United States, I mean the Corinthians, had that same type of, of mentality. They said this just don't make sense, so because it don't make sense, it does not, did not happen. And so the point that Paul is bringing out that he's trying to get them to see is, listen, if what you say is true, then that means that everything that Jesus did is of no effect. That means Jesus is still in the grave. That means the people that had faith are all dead. But he said, you know what? Y'all full of nonsense. Y'all are full of yourself and some other things because it is true because not only does the word say it, we have witnessed the people that have been affected by this. In case you didn't know it, not only was Jesus raised from the dead, but when the earthquake occurred in between the uh, between noon and three o'clock on the day of his crucifixion, there were people that walked out of the graves and people saw them for themselves. There were some things that happened that are, are noted not only in the Bible, but even from the historians that were not even considered Christians. They said, what is going on here? They even have knowledge that even there was a time that was written in China that there was a day that the sun and the moon switched places for approximately three hours. Now, there's some things that are going on that just kind of show us that, yeah, that happened. That happened. And because it was so extreme, it, it reveals to us that God was showing not only the, 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 the uh, his, his, his acknowledgement of Jesus' obedience, but he was giving hope to those that lost hope at the last second. Yes. 
See, what happened was, after they had went on to uh, Chop House and, and had this good dinner, and, 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 and they walked out of Chop House and they decided to go down and, 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 uh, and hang out by the bridge and, you know, just be, be down there at the park. And, and, and as they were down there by the park, the police showed up, and, and the police showed up, and when they took Jesus away, the disciples disappeared. We'll be with you, Jesus. We got your back, your front, and your middle. But when the police showed up and took Jesus away, they all disappeared. So they had lost hope because they were under the, the mindset still from that Sunday, last Sunday, when Jesus came through and everybody said, this is the Messiah. Hosanna to the son of David. And everything is going to be well. And Oh, man, we his boys, so we're going to be doing pretty good, too. Because if he's going to be the king, that means we got to be on the court. But now he got taken out. And they all disappeared. But it showed to everyone that he has risen. He showed himself. The young ladies that woke up early that morning to go and finish up the embalming process were surprised when the stone, a big heavy stone that they put over the entrance was moved out the way. The guards were gone. And next thing they know, here come Jesus. And Jesus said, go tell the disciples, tell my running mates that everything is okay. Because they didn't show up. But you did. Isn't it something, side note, isn't it something how the men is in charge, but it seems like the women always got to help them be in charge. Okay. I, ain't, I ain't calling out nobody. I'm just saying an observation. Yeah. Now, wouldn't you think to see that? So it tells me that the women went to go see the tomb and finish the bombing process. Now, I don't understand why one of the guys didn't. Anyhow, but that's because they thought he was D.E.D., but that's all right. And so. As we are going through this process and seeing this and getting an understanding, it's very easy for folks to say that Jesus didn't rise from the dead. It's very easy for folks to say that didn't happen. But when you start putting facts up against the truth, then you start running into some complications. The fact is, once you're dead, you're dead. But when the truth shows up, the truth says who God raises from the dead is no longer dead. And so we start seeing this little back and forth where they were saying the resurrection can't be possible because it has not been done before. And that's why the truth is what God does, when, with man, some things are impossible. With, with God, all things are possible. You see, you see how this thing is kind of working there? They can't really figure it out. So I've come to encourage you today to let you know that he did rise and he didn't die again. In fact, Jesus, when he rose, he did something that nobody else could do. He actually went down into hell, and he decided to show out and to rescue everybody that was in a spot in hell called Abraham's bosom. And he took them all up into heaven so that they could be in the presence of 
of the Father. Because until he reconciled mankind, no one could be in heaven. But once he reconciled, everyone that had served God up until that time was now taken into heaven. So Jesus did it instead of him ascending, he descended first, picked up everybody, and then they all went on the party bus to heaven. And as they got there, they celebrated. But he still had some encouragement to do, so he had to come back and encourage those of us that were still living. It talks about the story of the two folks that were heading toward the town because Jesus was dead. We don't know what we're going to do next, so let's, let's go on to Emmaus. And as they were walking, a, a person showed up and was beside them and walking with them and telling them the wonderment of the scriptures. And they were encouraged by this stranger. And once they realized who it was, they, he disappeared. And they went back and told the disciples, hey, we ran into Jesus. And they're like, man, ran into Jesus. And then Jesus shows up and shows them that he's there. And we had a, one of the disciples who wasn't present. His name was Thomas. And he said, until I see him for myself, I ain't going to believe a word y'all say. Because y'all will lie. I won't believe it till I see it for myself. Now, a lot of us have talked down on Thomas because Thomas is so much like us. <laughs> so you're trying to talk down on Thomas, but you are doubting too. Okay. You still, oh, help me, baby. You still doubting certain things. God says, stay in here, and I got this. And you take a two steps. And you have to start all the process back over. Why I got to start the process back over? Because you didn't stand where I told you. So now you got to go through this whole process again. You got to go through the whole process again because you ain't do what you were told. And so as we see that, as, as, as we are looking at how the resurrection process happened, God set Jesus up so that he would be the supreme ruler of the earth because of his obedience. He became the bridge to reconcile man back to God. He, he became all these things. And, and, and so if, and, and when, when uh, Paul was talking about being subject, he, he, he humbled himself to the Father to accomplish what the Father would have. And when the Father gave him all power, Paul is saying he gave him all power over everything except for the one he was subject to. So he has all power because of the resurrection, because of his obedience. And we want to Bring forth this final little note. I wasn't going to hold y'all on today. This, this final little note that I want to I bring forth, forth to you. When you read in that scripture and you see that he was the first fruit of those who have fallen asleep. I think it's verse number 20. Yeah, verse number 20. And the first fruit, the, the, the first is first. Fruit is the result. 
So Jesus was the first result of those who had fallen asleep or died and came back to life. As I said before, every, there was a lot of guys that got resurrected, but he's the only one that resurrected and kept on, kept on going, right? And this is a signal to us that we will go through the same process. That if we die, then we will also live again. Only if you are in Christ Jesus. Only if you have accepted him as your Lord and Savior will you go through that process. But the first fruit, he was the first one. And as it said in, this, in the scriptures, it's, we, by, by the actions of one man, all men have fallen. All men have become disengaged. All men have now been separated from God. Again, by another man, all men have been reconciled back to God. So what we have is we have... Adam, the first Adam, who kind of fell off the road and slipped and fell. But although he dropped the ball, Jesus was there to pick it up and continue on to accomplish the goal. And because of this, we now have opportunity at this time of the year to not put Jesus back in the grave, not have Jesus re-arise, uh, re not put Jesus back on the cross, not put Jesus back in Jerusalem. We got the opportunity to celebrate that for life evermore, we have Jesus. Which then gives us the opportunity to have life, and not only have life, but have life abundantly, and not only to have life and have life abundantly, but have life eternally because of Jesus and all that he's done. The final point that I want to bring up today is one of the church fathers brought up something very interesting that I want to bring up to you. He says, as when a great king has entered some large city and made his dwelling in one of those houses in it, such a city is certainly made worthy of high honor. And no longer does any an enemy or bandit descend upon it, but is rather reckoned worthy of all care because of the king's having taken residence in one of its houses. So also does it happen with the king of all. Coming himself into our realm and dwelling in a body like the others, every design of the enemy against human beings has henceforth ceased and the corruption of death, which has prevailed formerly against them, perished. For the race of human beings would have been utterly dissolved had not the master and savior of all, the son of God, came for the completion of death. And so what he's saying is because Jesus did his process, not even can the the, 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 not, death cannot even think of a way to come back. When he was defeated, he was ultimately defeated. It wasn't. It was, he can ask for a rematch, but it ain't gonna happen. He can try to get a rematch. It, it's not gonna happen. It's done. It's finite. It is over. And his Jesus's hands are raised in victory. So, 
celebrate the resurrection. Celebrate the opportunity that you have to now have eternal life. But the other thing that I want us to remember is that we're not living for tomorrow. We're living for today. And what I mean by that is the last and most important thing is that we have to celebrate the new life that we have in Christ Jesus in everything we do today. We have to celebrate in our lives today every victory that we have, even in the midst of things looking like it's not a victory, yet and still we are victorious. Because God says he will turn everything for our good. He will make it for our good. He will turn it for our good. In the midst of it, it is working for my good. David said, although I'm walking through this situation, this valley that, 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 that has the shadows of death in it, I, I, I'm not fearing because you're with me. And I know your rod and your staff are comforting me because it's going to turn for my good. With that being said, if you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today is as good a day as any to do that very process. And it's not a very difficult thing to do. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so simple, sometimes we, we expect it to be more complex. The Bible tells us that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. It says, for with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Amen. It's got to be something more complex than that. No, it's, it is just our changing our heart and our mind to focus on the word that the Bible uses is repent, and repent means to change and go in a new direction. And then he even goes on and says, if you call on the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. It's not a hard thing. And this is additional that we've added. This is a little addendum that we've added to it. Because we don't want you to think that this is an individual event, but this is a team sport. And we're going to come alongside you and assist you along this journey because we can do better together. And we want to come alongside you and assist you. And with that being said, if you have made that decision today, I want you to contact us. You can contact us by email at info at godshousecc.com. Or you can text us at 864-920-0100. And we will, wherever you are in the world, it don't matter. Get it, that information to us. We will assist you along this journey because you're not in this alone. When Jesus rose from the dead, he rose the potential of everybody to become children of God. You know what I said? Everybody. 
now has opportunity. It doesn't matter what you did. And, it's not, and you can't fix it in order to come to him. He wants to take you through the process to assist you in fixing it. And you know the funny thing is, when he fix it, you ain't got to worry about it getting broken again. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll come calm down. Well, friends and family, Resurrection Sunday is in the book. I just want to encourage you to know that in Jesus Christ you have the victory. And that victory is not just over death, but it is over everything that you're going through every day. He is setting you up for success. Well, until next week when we're going to start our new series, God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name.